This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. On pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to pain.tv slash gold. I am Dustin Gold, and you are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard Podcast. All right, folks, let me just show you this. We're not going to go through this whole press release, but I just found this to be interesting. Just to, just to show you, it's sort of a teaching moment here. So this again, this is March 15, 2022. It says, today consensus announced the close of a $450 million USD financing round, bringing its valuation to over $7 billion. Parify Capital led this raise after participating in consensus's Series C round in November 2021. They were joined by new investors, including Temasek, SoftBank, Vision Fund 2, Microsoft, Anthos Capital, Sound Ventures, and C Ventures. Okay, it says Series C Investors, Third Point, Marshall Waste, True Capital Management, and UTAVC, United Talent Agencies Venture Fund. Okay, they, they control uh, artists, basically. Also participated in the round, Sullivan and Cromwell LLP acted as Consensus's legal advisor in this transaction. And we can go you know, into depth here on Sullivan and Cromwell. I'm not going to do that on this show. Uh, But you just take somebody like Microsoft, for instance. So all these people are now investing. All these companies are investing. I just want to show you this. So you go over to Microsoft. You say to yourself, how do these guys get control of all these companies? And I think we talked about it with Wide Awake Jim, how you have Bank for International Settlements, and then you have BlackRock, you have Vanguard, you have State Street that really do the bidding. These guys go in, they buy up uh, between the three companies a sizable chunk of a particular company, and then they're able to come in and force the uh, wokeness. They can force the ESGs. They can force all this. And this is how when you're sitting around watching the Super Bowl, all of a sudden uh, 45 of the 50 ads that play have uh, some message like a boy could be a girl or buy an EV car. Well, that's because all those brands that we're familiar with have been taken over uh, through uh, these companies like BlackRock and Vanguard and State Street. And then companies like, let's say, Microsoft, I don't know, I pulled it up here. I'm on CNN Business, that's money.cnn.com, and this is uh, Microsoft Corporation, and over here we have the top 10 owners of Microsoft, I have this up on the screen, and you've got the Vanguard Group, uh, 8.10% stake, BlackRock, 4.48% stake, SSGA, that's State Street Funds Management, 
6% stake. So what's that? 12, 13, 17%. So they have a big controlling stake here in Microsoft. Now, Microsoft goes and they make an investment in a company like Consensus. And now you basically have a company like that controlled. I mean, this is just how it works. There's no secret. I mean, this isn't some like big reveal here. I just thought it was interesting as I was poking around and doing a little investigation into who's behind consensus and then who's behind the companies behind consensus. And so you can find uh, that kind of stuff here. All right. Now, let's just, uh, I'm going to read a tiny bit from this. Actually, you know what? I'm going to come back to this press release later when we delve into consensus. Because right now, I want to show you uh, a couple of other things. This is at pomp.substack.com. This author is Anthony Apopoliano. I found his stuff to be quite interesting. You might want to follow him. He has an article that says central bank digital currencies will be one of the greatest violations of human rights in history. Now, this guy is also involved with uh, some crypto stuff, so you'll have to just take it for what it is, but there's good information in here. So let me just read this to you. It says two investors, and I don't know, I, I guess this guy manages people's funds or something, but it says the invention of blockchain technology solved a decades-long computer science problem and unleashed a monetary revolution in the form of Bitcoin. This decentralized digital currency has taken the world by storm. It has been adopted by hundreds of millions of people globally and is worth approximately $1 trillion in market cap based on daily fluctuations in U.S. dollar price. Not bad for a technology that is completely open source. Bitcoin has no CEO, no marketing department, and raised no venture capital dollars and as it was being built or scaled. Decentralization means that no one individual or group controls the product. Any major changes need the agreement of a large portion of the community, including software developers to miners to node operators, in order to be implemented for users. Now, I don't necessarily buy in to any of this, but this is official narrative, so let's just read it. As you can imagine, the legacy system has watched the rise of Bitcoin with a combination of admiration and fear. Many of the traditional institutions, especially central banks, are impressed with the creation of truly digital currency, along with how quickly people have adopted this technology in every economy. These same people are watching in fear as they realize that their organizations have zero control of the money supply in this new digital financial system. Now, you know my opinion. I don't agree with that. I would, uh, I would probably say to you that the central bank system probably created Bitcoin as a test pilot for cross-border cryptocurrency. I'm t- I mean, that's just what I believe. I don't think there's um, something going on that the governments and the central banks don't want, and they could have just shut it down if they wanted to. That would be allowed to live on the Internet. It goes on to say, the control and production of money has historically been reserved for central banks. But this monopoly on money is directly tied to the central bank's close relationship with government. The government has a monopoly on violence. So they are able to ensure that central banks will continue their singular control and production of money. Any attempt to circumvent the central banking structure has been met with a swift and ruthless response. Now, that is obviously 100% true. This is why the decentralization of Bitcoin is so important. Without a single point of failure, including a CEO or corporation or centralized servers, 
there is a much smaller attack surface for governments and their violent monopoly. Since central banks cannot rely on governments to shut down this new entrant to the system, central bankers have been forced to consider how they can compete in the free market. Now, again, I just don't believe this. Uh, If they wanted to shut it, okay, let's say everything was in fact decentralized. Let's pretend that every one of us has a little server in our closet and we're running this whole system and the government just can't stop it. They can't figure out whose house to turn the internet off to. Well, they can use the central bank's money to go in and buy all the Bitcoin, manipulate the market, crash it, destroy it, keep it down for many years, and everyone would have been out of it a long time ago. That's why I just happen to believe they built it, and it's been a test pilot for them all along. All right, it says here, central bankers aren't known for being innovative. In fact, I would argue that central bankers are successful because they move at a glacial pace and make systematic bets on the world changing very slowly. But Bitcoin has forced these institutions to consider digitizing their fiat currencies in a way that emulates Bitcoin's technology, but contains some key differences. Again, I don't buy that, but uh, what he's going to talk about is very true. It says, digitizing the dollar, euro, peso, etc. is merely a technology upgrade. The monetary policy of these fiat currencies are unchanged, similar to how physical currencies were transitioned to electronic CUSIPs in centralized databases. Central banks are considering a technology upgrade to token-based fiat currencies that are compatible with digital wallets. So why are they considering this transition? The optimistic person would argue that the incorporation of new technology is an attempt at modernization for an antiquated system. Individual users of central bank digital currencies would be able to send any amount of money 24-7, 365. The thought of hours of operations would be a thing of the past. The payment rails that CBDCs would be built on would be more efficient. Faster settlement times, cheaper transaction fees, etc. Lastly, there would be an increased transparency in the system, with theoretically could decrease crime and increase the safety of the market. Oh, yes, they're going to develop this to decrease uh, crime. Goes on to say, that is the positive perspective, but we have to be very careful here. Central bank digital currencies will likely be one of the greatest violations of human rights in history. Now, although I don't agree with him on Bitcoin and the advent of cryptocurrency, I do agree with him on the points he brings up here as far as the greatest violation of human rights in history. Goes on to say, central bank digital currencies remove the privacy and decentralized nature of physical cash. It creates an environment where central banks have complete control over every aspect of a citizen's financial life. Here are a couple of examples of the nasty shit that we can expect to see in the coming decades. All right, this is very important. It says personalized inflation. Central banks currently have the ability to manipulate interest rates and expand, contract the supply of money. Any changes that they make are applied to all citizens equally. Individual market participants may make decisions to benefit or suffer from these decisions, but the dollars that I hold are subject to the same monetary policy as the dollars that you hold. This is going to change with CBDCs. The central bank will be able to personalize the monetary policy to the individual. Folks, please 
pay careful attention to this. And this is coming from someone. This is why I'm using this gentleman's article. He is inside this business. He understands money and finance more than I do. He says, this is going to change with CBDCs. The central bank will be able to personalize the monetary policy to the individual. Just as your newsfeed, search results, and music playlists are personalized based on vast amounts of data, the same is coming to money. And we've talked about this here. They even drive people into these personalized choose-your-own-adventure feedback loops. All right, I talked to you about... Um, I talked to you about this type of technology and how it's been rolled out over the last 10 years. goes on to say, maybe I get a higher inflation rate in an attempt to get me to spend money while you receive a lower inflation rate. The differentiation of monetary policy can be cut a million ways, including where you live, who you are, your wealth status, your occupation, your purchase history, and much more more you got that okay so this is the idea that we're talking about here programmable money which i'm about to get into a little deeper before we finish up on the consensus stuff and move into the panel discussion reviews i want you to understand this idea of programmable money inside and out but he does a great job there all right so now this is personalized inflation so my money will act differently than your money and it'll all be based on algorithms and an artificial intelligence as i've explained to you now when we get back he gives us three more points that we're going to discuss here all very important and then i'm going to show you what's actually happening right now in the real world that is going to bring this stuff to fruition ladies and gentlemen stay with me trust me you're going to want to know this because this is the world that we are quickly moving into my name is dustin gold i'm going to quickly move to a break you are listening to the dustin gold standard right here on pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.TV. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard. You are listening to Ping.TV slash gold, and I am Dustin Gold. All right, let's jump right back in because we have a lot to cover here, folks. All right, so we just talked about personalized inflation, where the money is programmed to your spending habits. And this gentleman here at pomp.substack.com is talking about how uh, this central bank digital currency is going to be the greatest violation on human rights in history, in history. And this 
as I've explained to you, is how you bring in the system of full-blown technocracy. This is the systematic control of the means of production and the distribution of goods and services. Okay, This is how you get it done. It says financial censorship. Once the central bank digital currency is in the hands of a population, the central bank has solidified complete control. They will no longer have to go to the court system or invoke emergency powers to tell you who can transact with. This can be implemented through remote digital technologies. These central bankers will be able to see what is in your bank account, who you transact with, what you purchase, and anything else they are curious about in your financial life. That full transparency with the state removes all elements of privacy while also giving the institutions the ability to censor any and all transactions, regardless of whether they have a legitimate reason or not. All right, you know how you go on a little road trip? Let's say you live in Kentucky, you go on a road trip to Texas, you go to use your credit card, and it comes up declined, or you get a text message that tells you, possible fraud alerts and you got to press one to let it go through press two to deny it or call up that company well this is what will be happening in real time with central bank digital currency i told you folks if all of a sudden you go to the doctor and you are diagnosed with diabetes six seconds later when you're standing at walgreens trying to buy a snickers bar your cbdc is not going to work This is how the system is being built. This is programmable money. This is what we are talking about. This system of total control. Total control. As Dan Golvach said here on episode 94, this is it. Game over once this happens. All right. It goes on to say social credit system. This is number three, the third reason why this is going to be the greatest human rights violation in the history of mankind. Social credit system. When central banks and governments gain complete control over the financial system, they have the ability to reward or punish individual citizens for the actions they take. Have you been eating too much candy? You can't buy candy anymore. Have you been gambling? Now you can't use public transportation that heads in the direction of the casino. This all sounds like crazy talk until you realize that the Bank of England is openly talking about this in public now. China has already put one in place. Canada is implementing one in real time as we speak. Are you fat? Only healthy people. Uh, Only healthy food can be purchased. Do you associate with people the central bank doesn't like? No entertainment for you. This is a slippery slope that is approaching quickly. It is approaching very quickly. In fact, in many ways, it is already here. Okay, think about all the folks that you've heard about since, let's say, 2015 that have been censored online. Maybe you've had your Twitter account shut down. Maybe people like Mike Moore have had his ad revenue pulled. Maybe people like Douglas Ticotti, I know, had his uh, account shut down, had his YouTube ad revenue take away. Maybe people like me have lost accounts. I know people that have lost PayPal accounts. I'm telling you, it's here. It's here. It's not in the full form yet. When it reaches full form, it will be happening to you, folks. 
If all of a sudden that you associate with me in a grocery store and I am marked, I am a target, maybe they don't let you purchase food that day. I mean, think about this. Finally, number four, expiration of money. If you're a central banker, you are constantly trying to incentivize people to spend money in the economy so that you can increase the velocity of money. Without the velocity of money, the system starts to break down. So what better way to increase velocity of money than to have people's money expire if they don't spend it in certain period of time? Well, where does that come from? Where does that come from? That comes from Technocracy Incorporated. Comes from the energy certificates. Remember, you get an allotment of energy certificates at the beginning of the year, the beginning of the fiscal cycle, and then those will expire. 12 months, uh, 18 months, 24 months, whatever the uh, uh, fiscal-like cycle is going to be. An energy uh, certificate document, 1937, written by Technocracy Incorporated. They said they hadn't figured that out yet. But that's the idea, is at the end, the money will expire. Therefore, it forces you to use it within a uh, given amount of time. This article goes on to say the United States already has a version of this through SNAP benefits and EBT cards where the money expires one year after it is issued unless it has been used. So you can't roll it over. You can't build it up like the old rollover minutes on cell phone plans or your boss might let you roll over vacation days to the next year. Well, you can't do that in this system in the cbdc system that won't be allowed under snap and ebt currently that's not allowed so i started looking into snap and ebt uh, ebt and this is correct so you're going to see this folks i'm not kidding and and it may happen say with social security so if they disseminate 1200 cbdc tokens to you this month you may have to spend those by the end of the month or they expire And that forces you to go out in the system and continue to spend and not to save. Remember, with the old energy certificates, you are not allowed to save. You can't transfer them to other people. You cannot gift them to other people. You cannot sell them to other people because it's tagged to you. And you cannot save. No one is allowed to build wealth in the technique. And this is what we're moving into. This is it in real time. This is it in the present. This is the system that we uncovered with Technocracy Incorporated being built right now as we speak. Goes on to say the uh, expectation is that government will expand this idea of expiration of money to include shorter timelines and a larger number of programs in the future. As this guy Pop goes on to say, these are just four examples of various activities that I anticipate central banks will engage in once they are successful in creating and distributing central bank digital currencies. As the saying goes, absolute power corrupts absolutely. The dream of every dictator or authoritarian leader globally is to have full control over every aspect of their citizens' lives. If the government can not only censor your financial transactions based on a social credit system, but they can also personalize the monetary policy and give you money with an expiration date, then we are headed to a dystopian future that no one will want to live in. And folks, all the companies we're talking about that we've talked about over the last few episodes are part of building this system. All hands are on deck. They're all involved. Pop goes on to say the basic human right is that we are all born free. The creation of central bank digital currencies will completely eliminate that premise. Uh, 
Every human born will be starting off in an authoritarian state that requires them to be a digital slave to a central bank that has total control over their life. If you don't have the freedom to transact, you don't have freedom. Central bank digital currencies are the next frontier for the battle of freedom. Every human should have the right to financial privacy and independence. This is an important conversation that must start now. Without a global awareness, central banks will pull off the greatest violation of human rights we have ever seen, and citizens will cheer them on while they do it. Hope you have a great day. Talk to everyone tomorrow. Pop. Now, I am going to see if I can get Pomp on the show, because although we don't agree with the first part, that Bitcoin was some kind of savior to fight the system, I don't believe that. It's totally fine. Everything else that this gentleman explained is spot on, folks. So you have the four major reasons that CBDCs are going to be the greatest violation of human rights in history. Personalized inflation, financial censorship, social credit system, and expiration of money. So ladies and gentlemen, just lock that into your head. I'm telling you, very important, very well written. Uh, This is in layman's terms. It's fantastic. And you can find this at pomp.substack.com. And if you want to read it, Just go look for uh, February 22nd, and this is Central Bank Digital Currencies will be one of the greatest violations of human rights in history. Fantastic piece. I commend you, sir. All right. Now, we've talked a little bit about how they are going to be able to roll out CBDCs. I told you that uh, if I were in charge... I would start looking for the largest group of people that I could get to adopt this as quickly as possible, and that would be folks receiving Social Security. So I would roll out CBDCs first with Social Security, and then you're going to have a bunch of the retired folk uh, going into the grocery stores, going into retail locations, shopping online with CBDC, and that will force the adoption by the merchants, which doesn't really have to be done with much force because, as I told you, Either the big companies are already on board and controlled by, you know, the likes of BlackRock and such, but at the same time, each of these uh, companies from the big ones down to the mom and pops, they have point of sale systems that run their cash registers. So if you go into a small coffee shop, uh, an ice cream shop, you will see most of those people running their systems on Square. Okay, so Square just has to implement the ability for them to take CBDC, and boom, it's implemented. And again, this partnership that Consensus has with Visa, they can roll that out very easily by people being able to tap their Visa card, and instead of just seeing, uh, like say it's attached to your bank account, it will say debit, credit and then it'll also say cbdc that's how simple this is so you would say to yourself how are they going to do this how are they going to go after people with uh, social security well just like i showed you a few episodes back that the government is orchestrating this uh, shortage of certain medications in order to push 
these new government lab-made psychedelics on people, the extension of MKUltra. Well, you just orchestrate a scenario like this, folks. This is at govexec.com, G-O-V-E-X-E-C.com. And this article right here, ladies and gentlemen, from two days ago, November 28th, 2022, says, Social Security warns public of declining service if Congress doesn't increase funding. The agency that administers Americans' retirement and disability benefits employed an unusual tactic in its effort to lobby lawmakers to approve President Biden's proposed $14.8 billion budget for the Social Security Administration. So you set the stage, folks. If you want to screw up the supply chains, you orchestrate a trucker strike, you orchestrate a rail worker strike, You know, if you want to start to push forward with a digital currency, remember what we just read. They're pushing this idea that they can reduce costs. They don't need as many people working within the supply chain of printing a check and getting you the check. And they could do this all with artificial intelligence. That's how it'll be sold to the people. So here it is. The beginning of the orchestrated collapse of the current Social Security system. And that's how you'll begin to be able to work CBDC into the digital wallets of the old folk out there. So when we get back, I'm going to go through this article quickly. And I want to show you a couple more pieces, what the International Monetary Fund chief is saying. We're going to show you uh, a nice piece I found on expiring money. Very important. That'll be an expansion on what we just read from POMP. And then we're going to take a look at uh, blockchain and social credit score in China, because this all relates to what we just introduced to you folks. I'll be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. 